Stress reliever. Now we're gonna talk about the academics. Soul survivor. Breaking barriers. Interlocking sectors so savage and take the sweet nectar of this poetic wizardry. Centuries ago, forefathers engaged in combat within word battles united for the format. My insight on wisdom keeps souls intact now in the millennium. This political game is a well-known fact. Bring truth to the light. Symmetry is drawn on blueprints so the plan is documented for our final My guest for this episode of Playtime is author and educator Nan Nicole. I also feature two extraordinary local hip-hop artists, Levi Stress and Reggie Smokes. I am W.C. Turk, your host. Slash actor from the dividing factor. It ties these fruits of labor, so I transform Decepticons until there's only one master. It's too transparent, maintain the dialect. They conquer these academics. It's too transparent, they maintain the dialect. They conquer these academics. It's too transparent, maintain the dialect. They conquer these academics. It's too transparent, maintain the dialect. They conquer these academics. Sometimes I get an impulse. Nobody knows the power of the source. Magnetize the course of nature in one verse. Kids nowadays make this art form worse. Last Sunday, miles from health and deep in the backwoods of central Wisconsin, I awakened to find that I was mostly paralyzed on my right side. One of the unlucky 200,000 each year, I had suffered a CVA or a cerebrovascular accident, a stroke. A blood vessel had burst in the left hemisphere of my brain's cerebromotor cortex, which lies atop in the central part of the brain's left hemisphere, controlling the right side. There was no headache, no pain. I knew enough immediately to take aspirin. Thankfully, there was a trauma unit in nearby Friendship, Wisconsin, 10 miles or so away. The population of Friendship is about 700. The next closest trauma unit is almost 40 miles away. I would not have made it that far. As luck would have it, Gunderson Mountview Hospital is a certified Wisconsin stroke hospital. I cannot say enough about the care and the attention I received from doctors and nurses alike. They contacted emergency room doctors at Illinois Masonic, the nearest hospital in Chicago, specializing in CVA care and rehabilitation. Four and a half hours after leaving Friendship, I stumbled literally through the emergency room doors at Illinois Masonic, tripping, banging against the sliding glass door, barely able to take a step. The nurse at the desk instantly looked up and said, you must be Mr. Turk. The good doctors in Friendship had called to tell them that I was coming. I'm one of the lucky ones with access to excellent medical care. I have a long road to recovery through rehabilitation, but the prognosis for a full recovery is good. And it's given me time to edit my novel, The Assassination of Baby Hitler, a rock and roll sci-fi love story. Don't worry, no babies, Nazi or otherwise, were harmed in the writing of the novel. But I also owe a huge thanks to all of the dear friends and family sending prayers offers of help and well wishers. There were literally hundreds of them and Anna and I have read every single one of them. It means everything and I thank you all and please know that I love you all more than I can possibly put into words. Finally, I must thank my wife for her tireless, truly tireless devotion, caring and love. 
She is the greatest blessing of my life and always an answer to my prayers. I was only released from the hospital on Thursday, but there are two reasons I am doing this podcast. The first is to update all of you and respond to all the, all the well wishes. It's simply, it, it still requires some effort to type. Speaking is the easiest right now. Second, and perhaps most important, is that my guest holds a critical piece of our communal investment into the lives and future of our youth. And with each passing day, another precious young person is lost to violence and hopelessness. Empowered by the pandemic, Nia Nicole put pen to pad for her debut book, Pressing Through My Purpose. Nia Nicole has over 17 years as an educator and holds a master's degree in education from Chicago's Loyola University. For the religious, this is Nia's journey to discover her purpose through her faith. For the non-religious, do not be swayed. Nia's journey is just as powerful and just as purposeful. For every book purchased, Nia and Nicole will be donating 10% of sales, which is virtually all that any artist ever makes on a book, to continue to provide school, art supplies, and scholarships to further students' education. You can purchase Nia and Nicole's Pressing Through to My Purpose at Amazon and at Nia Nicole pttmp.com. We'll give that website out in just a little bit, uh, and uh, we'll put the links in the uh, in the notes. Welcome. Thank you. And uh, did I did I leave anything out? No, you were very thorough. Very. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of kind of personal, but this was the best place to to offer that and to uh, to bring a number of those those people into into this conversation because I think it's it's an incredibly important one. The book is uh, 71 pages, 71 short pages, but you pack a lot in that book. Why did you write this book, Nia? So I left education, uh-huh. okay? But I still had the weight on me of why I left. And I said, I need to release this. Mm-hmm. So I started writing. It was for me. It wasn't, it, the end game wasn't the book. It was just me releasing so when I was releasing it, I said, hmm. I said, I'm quite sure there are other educators going through this and they're not saying anything. Probably, probably the majority. Yes. Yeah. Mainly because they are afraid of their admin. And I touched on experience of some of my administration that <laughs> abuse their power. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, you do. And they don't see us as humans. Right. Yeah. So. When I finished, well, actually, I started in 2017 and then I stopped because I said I don't have an ending. Because at that point, remember, I had taken a step back from the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, well, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so then 2020 happened. I eventually made my way back into the classroom. Mm-hmm. There was a series of events that happened that year. And I said, oh, okay, I have my ending now. And I realized what my purpose was. But you know what it took? It took actually the pandemic because the same issues that I was having inside the building were happening outside of the building as well. Mm-hmm. And then the, the little tug. I tell people that your purpose is that little tug. Like you try to get away from it, but it's like, hey, you know you still want <laughs> to do this. So that program was my little tug. So I know that I'm supposed to be working with children. 
And we're going to, so we're going to get to the Enhanced Learning Education Center here in, in a little bit, uh, but I want to kind of take people through through your story a little bit. Uh, teaching was calling for you. Yes. You, you, because you started out as uh, with a bachelor's in uh, fashion design, right? Yes. Yes. And, but, but you were, you were called to teach. Yes. So uh, can I share about a little bit about that? Please. Yeah. Okay. So my undergrad was in fashion and there was a school that needed a fashion teacher. Uh, so okay. I had a friend that got me in. I said, okay. I didn't know anything about teaching. So I thought I went to school for fashion. I'll just, <laughs> you know, roll with that. So then the principal said, okay, so when are you going to start sewing with kids? And I said, ooh, I don't know how to sew. But I had a friend that had a clothing line. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, I said, can you come and help teach the kids how to sew? Yeah. So he said, sure. And then at that point, they decided, well, we don't need her if we have him. That pushed me out. And that frustrated me so throughout <laughs> my life and my parents will tell you anytime they told me no I found a way to make it a yes uh, uh -huh. <laughs> you, you so, kept coming you kept coming back for more yes so I went to get my substitute certificate right mm -hmm. so I said okay they're not gonna stop me now mm -hmm. I have I have my certification and I ended up at a school and uh, the principal created a position for me Mm -hmm. I was expecting at the time, my husband and I, and I got sick. So I had to take a step back for a while after that first trimester. And then I came back. That position was gone, but it was another one, another mm -hmm. position waiting for me. So uh, I continued with that until the end of the year. But she had someone on her team that was using this educational jargon. And she was just so frustrated with me not doing things the correct way. And I was honestly tired of feeling less than. So I said, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to get my certification. So I went back to school and earned my master's at Loyola mm -hmm. in curriculum and instruction. What, what was it about teaching? Was it, I mean, I, I imagine that, that a, a, a steady paycheck is a good thing and, and the benefits, but, but that's not what draws people to education. What drew you to education? I liked being around the young people. Okay. Um, you know, kids will be kids. Some of them were challenging, but yeah. because of the different things that I experienced in my life, I knew that I could help. Uh, like when I was sexually abused as a child, mm -hmm. I, I keep an eye out for those things. Yeah. Um, so I'm never afraid to be transparent with anybody. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling kids. I was <laughs> sexually molested as a child. No, I'm, I don't do that. But, but you kind of use it as a base. Yes. I have a genuine love for our future leaders. That's, that's so important. We, we tend to think of, of teachers as being, as being discouraged nowadays and, and that they've, they've kind of given up. They're going through the motions. Uh, and and walking the picket line and blow, but but I think I think that is the rule. Uh, your rule is is more uh, is more endemic of of teachers than not. Do you agree? Yes. Because all the challenges 
you really have to be dedicated. You have to be. So despite the challenges you faced, um, your health, uh, a troubled marriage, uh, mistreatment by administrators, students, uh, you still got your master's at, at Loyola. Yes. So, so a certificate wasn't enough for you. You had to get, get your master's. Yes. I wanted to understand the process yep. so that I could be a better teacher for the babies. Okay. Okay. Because I, I was just winging it up until that point. I was just winging it. So it was working a little bit, but who was going home frustrated? I was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't add your faith as as part of the algorithm of your journey and that that it it is incredibly important to you tell us a little bit about about how faith got you through all of this the pandemic and led to led you to to your purpose so i'll I'll start with the pandemic yeah so i got to the point it was like at least seven things that happened that year yeah and the straw was on the very last day of school mm-hmm. when the board said no one will be let go. They were letting teachers go. Let those yeah. teachers uh-huh. on the very last day of school. So I hadn't been back into the building since March. So I was going to the school to get some, uh, some okay. of my personal items. So when the principal told me, I kind of laughed, but it was like a really. So when I was driving home, I literally said out loud, God, what next? And I found out, right? My car was parked in front of my house and somebody backed into it and totaled it. Yeah. (laughs) So as if, as if, as if there wasn't enough going on in your life, they had to do that. Right. So I had, because of the divorce, now that, that broke me, right? It broke me down and I had no place else to look, but up. So mm-hmm. I had started started watching Bible study again, uh, okay. the Saturday devotions, church, tithing, mm-hmm. all of it. And then I had a friend that said, I want you to do this fast with me. I said, okay. That fast was so amazing. It was so amazing. She had me releasing things. Like when we started, we went back to the beginning, like, uh-huh. you know, appearance and anybody that's wrong, just and blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. It was amazing. And if I did not have God, mm-hmm. for me personally, I'm not trying to offend anybody that doesn't yeah. uh, worship the Lord. But if I didn't have God, I I would not be in my right mind. I would mm-hmm. not. I'm, I'm not. And, and I brought this up in the in the introduction to you for that your faith is part of your journey. And if you're not if you're not a religious person, I, I'm I tend to be agnostic. My best friend is a Methodist minister. We have we have wonderful arguments and, and great discussions. But to negate the power, the individual's power of of their faith is really uh, is really unfair. To, to that person's journey. And I thought that was, I thought that was very important to, to bring up as, as, part, of, as part of your narrative and, and the book, Pressing Through to My Purpose. So in my book talks, I like to start off by having people reflect on a time when they were so focused what was going on yeah. around them yes. that they missed 
the blessing in it. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of that happened throughout my journey as an educator. Those different experiences was, that was me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? So even though I worship God, I mean, I'm referring to people that say universe, the universe, you know? Yeah, yeah. However however you find that destination. Right. Yeah. Um, I I have to say that the, uh, and and I'm pretty well versed in in the Bible and, and Quran, um, for, for some family, uh, some family, uh, issues, uh, but especially the Bible, uh, I use it a lot. I, I find, like, like I said, I, I'm not very religious. I find my characters often in, in novels and in screenplays tend to be very religious, religious or, or, or have, have a religious spiritual side to it. So that's, that's very important. I, I guess, I guess as, as an artist, I'm not afraid of that narrative of, of that dialogue. So, um, but, but the, the passages you chose uh, that start off each, each very short chapter were more inspirational than religious, depending on, depending on, on your, your perspective. How did you go about choosing those specific, uh, very progressive um, passages? I read over the chapter and uh-huh. thought, okay, what was going on during this time? Uh-huh. And then I went to the Bible. So that might have been backwards, but I did it off of the scripture. I based okay. the scripture off of what I was experiencing. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure as you were going through all of the, all the little transgressions that you had to face and deal with throughout the years that you were reading and rereading and rereading those passages. Let's talk about the Enhanced Learning Educational Center or ELEC, uh, that seems to have developed through a number of intersecting threads. I'm researching the Renaissance right now, this exaltation of classical Roman and Greek culture. The question that arises is why then, uh, but it was really dependent on all of these intersecting lines, Gutenberg's press, the church, humanism, 3D rendering, polyphonic music, all of these things uh, intersecting all at once. Your story to create ELEC takes that same journey. There's kind of all these intersecting roads. And by that, I will start with the student you said uh, was being raised by the street in, in your neighborhood. Tell that story. Okay, so um, this is when I taught first grade on the West Side. Yeah. And this, this uh, student was very difficult and raunchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by crunchy, I mean, he grabbed himself and he told me to suck his yeah. price. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, in first grade? I found out later from another teacher that his curfew was like eight or nine, nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. His mother didn't expect him home until that time. Mm-hmm. So the streets were, were raising him. That's always been been true in the city. My wife uh, got her master's in education at uh, DePaul and taught for a while at Schur's. And one of one of the stories that she always imparted to me was how some of these kids had no parent to to raise them. Um, that they were they were fending for themselves, they were feeding themselves, they were caring for their siblings. Uh, their parents were either in jail, out of uh, just out of jail, 
transitioning to jail or they were on drugs or alcohol, not at home, all, all, all these all these things. Now with the proliferation of guns, uh, sort of sort of passive genocide, um, the lack of moral leadership. Why why would a kid um, on the streets be any more beholden to laws than politicians or police or lawyers uh, who can who can spin their transgressions uh, in in a thousand different ways? Get away with it. Uh, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't set much of an example. We've had this conversation with Tio Hardiman, who ran for governor uh, and, and does, a, does a great show on, on WCPT. Uh, he's a dear, dear friend with uh, Shy City Cipher, uh, with, with people who have been through the, through the prison system and have, have turned their vices into mentorship. And this ELEC was always a critical, um, it, it, it was a missing part of the conversation. And I, I, I'd love you to tell us more about uh, what ELEC is uh, and is meant to be. Okay, so. And how so it relates to that young kid. Elect, that's what I call it. Okay. Um, I, I actually changed the name. Here's why, before I get into it. Yeah, yeah. Those are those different times that I tried to start it mm -hmm. and it didn't get off the ground. Yeah. Because I wasn't leaning on God. God was not my partner in this. I was trying to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I changed the name and it is it's now an official nonprofit. Uh, we Great. build up. We build up incorporated. That's the new name. Okay. So it incorporates service learning projects. And mm -hmm. I felt that that's important because kids need to know you can make a change now. You don't have to wait until you're an adult. You can yeah. place part in making a difference. Mm -hmm. The SEL, social emotional learning. So since I wrote this book, schools have picked it up. They now realize how important it is, but I don't feel like they're able to go as deep as they should. Now this yeah, current school, yeah. they use an amazing program, but all schools are not the school where I'm currently teaching. So- And you're talking that, about a private school, not CPS. No, it's actually CPS. Oh, I just, great, I oh, good. I don't like to tell people I still work for CPS because of the book. I don't wanna <laughs> um, not get in trouble, but I just don't want any People get tripped up over the over the faith uh, the faith component, which I, I think is is really uh, a mistake. But, but I, also, I get it. That's also why I don't use my last name. Okay. At all. Okay. The SEL piece relates to that first grader. Mm -hmm. um, he needed that. It's you know when when I read that because we've had. We have these conversations on the radio show. I've had a thousand of these conversations on the podcast, um, but for some reason that was always missing. And uh, even even with Tio and Shy City Cipher and uh, and and all the all the good folks that we've talked to around the city about this, and it was this watershed moment. Uh, it was it was like a light 
going off. And I, I'm sure I'm sure it was much the same for you when you thought of it. Uh, but manners and social skills are so fundamental. And yet we've placed whole generations at risk by abdicating our communal responsibility. Yes. Yes. Talk about that a little I wanna, bit. I wanted to tell other components of the program. Please go for, go for it. And another piece is exposure to culture and the arts. Yeah. So I remember we were going on a field trip and we passed the beach and I heard several kids on the bus saying, I've never seen sand before. Oh, look at the waters. Oh my goodness, so many things that we take for granted. These kids are not being exposed to it and it's right here in the Mm -hmm. area. So I feel that that's very important for you to, to be a solid citizen, you know, um, having that background exposure to all of the various things. I grew up in music. We had to play musical instrument in my household. And I feel like that made a difference. Uh All of my sisters and I are successful. Uh, We were were a two-parent household. Um, I'm not saying that makes a difference. I'm just saying that's my background. Mm -hmm. But the exposure to the arts that we had allowed us to be who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And that last component is etiquette. So, you know, watching the kids in the lunchroom eat, they want to stand up, um, use their fingers when they should be used in the fork. Uh-huh. And then when they get out of school, they're handed a bag. It's like, here's dinner. Yeah. You know, so yeah. they don't get that opportunity to learn how to properly sit at a table and dine. Yeah. How are you supposed to act when you are going to the theater? Yeah. Uh, a ballet or whatever so they all 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 of these components play a part Mm -hmm. in one another this this really should be a city a a nationwide program it's so so important and and again it was it was one of those watershed moments that you know we we've argued things about trying trying to get off of off of the the um the criminal justice uh, solutions into into something deeper and more fun, fundamental, more foundational. This was this program was was right in that sweet spot. It was it was just, just brilliant, just brilliant. What what has been the reaction to it so far? So initially, everyone was saying, "Oh, it's a great program. Oh, this is awesome. Yes, kids need this." And no one was signing up. Yeah, yeah. So what I decided to do different this time was push the book out first to get people aware of the background. Yeah, yeah. And then once I have that that audience, mm-hmm. then focus on we build up. I may need to switch it. Um, because this program needs to, it needs to be up and going. It does. It, re- it really does. It, it, it was it's so brilliant. 
we've worked with hip hop artists and, and I said uh, with, uh, with Theo Hardeman, but ELC uh, Elec, um, the, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go to it here because I, I wrote it down because we're, we're going to uh, post a link to it. We build up. We build up, build up, build up. Thank you. Uh, my, my, my right hand isn't working so well. So uh, I'll, I'll remember that we build up incorporated. It, it just, it's that fundamental piece of that social puzzle. We're always looking for for quick fixes, though. This is an ongoing project. Uh, yes. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't think stressing the urgency is overstating the problem at all. Uh, we've had 200, uh, 200 homicides in the city uh, this week, uh, this year so far. That's, that's according to sometimes uh, a graphic that was out just today. Uh, we had 797 last last year. Um, the rep- the police report a 35 percent increase in crime overall. We've all heard all those stories. Um, this wasn't the highest uh, back in 1974. There were 972 two murders um, that declined through the 90s and the 2000s until 2015. Amazingly, and you being very very sarcastic. Uh, with the proliferation uh, and availability of guns coinciding um, with, uh, with the burdens uh, by the right on teachers uh, and, and school, the pandemic only fed that fire. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Uh, I would agree. Um, yeah. I, I would definitely agree. Um, because the kids didn't have outlets. Everything was shut yeah. down. Yes, yes. So they were quote unquote contained. Yeah, yeah. Environment. And that's actually when the the carjackings. Yeah. Rose. Yeah. Um, it's it's of- like this, it's like the society just exhaled all this all this pent-up energy and pent-up breath that held during during the pandemic and and we know that that underserved or marginalized or distressed communities focus focus that in in some negative ways yes the youth and i i've i've always said that crime in the city crime in the country is is not it's 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 a symptom of a, of a much larger social disease and and that looking at these kids as criminals is doing them a further disservice that we need to look at them as a symptom of what's of what's wrong with our society i i want to also add that Please. because of the pandemic and because they were shut in yeah. a lot of their parents couldn't work so yeah. they probably saw parents being quote-unquote creative and making things happen (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and that i i honestly think that it all all of that plays a part i want to i want to clarify that for for people a little bit i know exactly what you mean i've worked with with the homeless and foreclosure victims uh on the south side in inglewood and, and woodlawn um and I've stood across the table from people and said, just Google it and gotten a blank stare because there, there are 
so many people in this community that don't have the assumption of information. Um, but there, these these communities have been have been so marginal, marginalized and so degraded that it takes a great community wide rebuilding, and and that is that is the the, the purpose of of what you've created. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what what next for for you, Nia Nicole? I am going to start on um, setting up. We build up. Um, my goal is at least by the fall. Mm -hmm. a Saturday program, and then by next summer, have a full blown summer program, and then uh -huh. have it ongoing. So you mentioned um, the continuation of the program that is not just a quick fix. So yes. it's my goal that once kids channel through the program, they come back and they become the leaders uh -huh. for the children coming behind them. And I want to keep that, that contact with the kids. Yeah, um, yeah. To make sure that they are successful. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I have, you, have you reached out? Have you reached out to uh, to lawmakers or older persons uh, in 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 the city here in Springfield? No. no. I, I would I would love to help you uh, make some of those contacts. I, I have some contacts in Springfield uh, and some great contacts in in City Hall. Um, but people, that would be awesome. People need to know about this program. It's it, it's it's so crucial and so fundamental. So um, let's uh, let's mark this as a, as a work in progress. Okay. All right. And then uh, can can we check back with you from time to time to see to see how you're doing? Absolutely. I Wonderful. would love it. And <laughs> I want to know how you're doing as well. What's with that? Help. Yes. I want to know how you're doing as well with your health. Yes, yes, yes. So I'll, I'll get a hold of you through KG, uh, our okay. mutual friend. And uh, and pass you some of those contacts, and we'll uh, we'll begin from there. But in in the meantime, uh, you, you're doing and and this comes this comes from uh, from a certified agnostic. You're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mia Nicole's debut book is pressing through to my purpose. For every book purchased, me and Nicole will be donating ten percent of sales to continue to provide school and art supplies and scholarships to, to further students' education. Uh, you can purchase Nia Nicole's book, Pressing Through to My Purpose, at Amazon and at neanicoleptttmp.com. We'll post links to that uh, and her website and her effort in the notes below. Thank you so much. We began this program with one of my favorite hip-hop local artists, Levi Stress and Academics. We close today with Promised Land, another exemplary hip-hop artist. This is Reggie Smokes. Let's picture this. Picture this. Picture this.
picture your family at peace No more starving, no more hustling, no begging in the streets A land of milk and honey where we got enough to eat Walk with me for a second and I'll show you where it be Where our freedom is complete and we ain't gotta repeat The same cycles of yelling out death threats over beats Where Pocket B.I.G. is still alive And black folk ain't gotta rob it still just to try and survive Where popping guns ain't live cause we all about creation Children roaming the streets, leisurely recreation No worries about them getting lost or being taken Cause we all one village, no pillage, no raping A link to all of our guests and featured artists are in the links below. If you like this program, please click the subscribe button and help support us. I'm your host, W.C. Turk. Just smoking the blunt with your neighborhood officer No niggas starting beef or stick up kids steady robbing ya Everybody helping one another cause we brothers And for no other reason, no betrayal or treason Where we all get what we need through the changing of seasons Neighborhood barbecue, citywide we cheesing No reason to be unhappy, throw parties like Great Gatsby Just the ideal vision of living in the rhythm of love Reach your hands up above to the creator No limits or boundaries or goodbye, see you later